Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of BJ Shea's Geek Nation, and I am Vicky Barcelona. Woo! Not to be confused with the Reverend Fuego, who I guess has bubble guts, something better to do, I don't know. On assignment. On assignment. And uh, across the way, Mr. BJ Shea. I have a legacy. And running this whole damn ship. The pro or not the prodigy. What the hell's wrong with me? Joey D. Hello. The prodigal son. The prodigal son. Thank you, BJ. That's exactly what I was going to say. And because I am running this part of the ship, which not very well. Joey, how can people get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us by searching for BJ Shay's Geek Nation or BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course. More! <laughs> All the lovely things that you can look for. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Just mm-hmm. type BJ's Chase Geek Nation or BJ Geek Nation. And so on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the gauntlet. We're going to be playing on Sunday, and we're going to be playing a couple interesting games, which we will talk about, uh, as well as some TV talk with S.H.I.E.L.D. and Game of Thrones. S.H.I.E.L.D. And maybe more. More! Okay. All right, so this Sunday, in case you have not heard, because... Have you been living under a rock? Have you not been listening to us? We are going to be participating once again in the Mox Gauntlet, raising money for El Centro de la Raza, which is a really, really great cause. And we've had Lila in. Um, Because of certain circumstances, I, the captain of the team... Captain we'll be Vicky. playing. Yeah, kind of. I, I have to fly back for a funeral, and so Whoa. it's like the timing was really bad. But Vicky, she's been practicing just for this day, just in case. My gut said, you know what? I'm, I need to be ready for this. If I'm going to be the captain, I need to be there training. Uh, so we will be playing. But you, because you have, you thought you were going to be playing on Sunday. You've been playing and training with us. I have actually, yeah. So I know the games just as well. I say I know them well. Do I play them well? That's a different you, story. You know them as well as I do. Yeah. <laughs> Not well. Uh, but two of the games that we're going to be playing, I know there's a third one that we're waiting to hear what it's going to be, as well as trivia. Mm-hmm. Parade being one of them, probably the quickest and easiest out of all of them. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Parade? Well, and you know, Parade is actually a, a much more fun game than I thought, and I probably will continue to keep this game in my collection. Some of the sometimes we play games for mocks and uh, you know for the charity, and I you know I'm like ah, I don't know if I will, I'm going to add this to my collection. Uh, though we have had so many good games before, like Kemet and Cosmic Encounter. Oh, yeah. I, I, and, Cosmic Encounter is probably top five for me. Yeah, so they've they've had some really good games, and really they've had good games. It's just do they really you know resonate with me? Like, like, mm-hmm. if I never play the game Tack ever again, I have mm-hmm. no problem with that. <laughs> I know it's a beautiful game, but it is not my beautiful game. But you're really enjoying Parade. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, you know, because it's actually a very simple game that in some ways is reminiscent of uh, Guillotine, which is mm-hmm. a, a great fun game uh, where, you you know, you, you have the French nobles and you got to, well, well, march them off to the beheading. The guillotine. Funny enough, that's the, that one and Catan were the ones that got me into board gaming, like yeah. really into board gaming. And, and 
and because that's a card game, Parade also a card game, it's really portable. You can really mm-hmm. bring it with you. The rules are simple. The strategy, not simple. <laughs> and sometimes when it's a late Friday night after work and you want to have a first game and not have it be too heavy, I think Parade will really work. But again, it's a game where you go, all right, this isn't just some stupid luck game. There is luck involved. I was going to say, I'm like, as much luck as there is involved, a lot of strategies also involved. So what's the gameplay kind of like? And and it, the gameplay is, it, 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 it's based on the Alice in Wonderland uh, world where that's where the artwork is from. Mm-hmm. And, it's gorgeous. Uh, the, the gameplay is simple. You're going to have a parade of cards. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are six suits, uh, all designated by color and also by, uh, you know, a character of mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. And, and that number. way, if you're, yeah, if you're colorblind friendly, that way you'll mm-hmm. be able to go, all right, I know this is all this suit. The yellow suit might be the Cheshire Cat or whatever. Um, though I think she's purple. But anywho, it's also uh, a denomination from zero to ten. Mm-hmm. So you've got 11 cards in each suit. And the goal of the game is, is that you do not want to take cards if you can help it. But you will be taking cards in the game. And the cards are going to be worth points based on their face value. So uh, you don't want points in the game. Nope. And all of a sudden, you're stuck with taking a number 10 or an 8 or a 9. Or uh, you're like, oh, boy. There is a nice little thing. So let's say you get totally screwed and you have to take a bunch of red cards. If at the end of the game, you're the one person that has the most red cards, let's say it's like 10, 9, 1, 3, 4, instead of adding all those up, you flip them over and now each card is worth one. And that is the saving grace of the game, that you will not just get screwed by getting like a big card going, okay, well, Jim's got the three, the four, and the two. I've got one ten. Uh, oh, great. I'm still going to get more points because I got that one mm-hmm. un- unlucky way to go. Like Vicky said, you can then go, all right, well, I'm going to go for all the red cards because if I can get all the mm-hmm. red cards, I turn them all. I mean, as long as I get less than 10 red cards, <laughs> it'll still be less than 10 points. And this is a fun game, I think, for y- like kids even. I think maybe eight years old. Anybody who really knows their numbers are really going to enjoy it. They're going to enjoy the artwork. It's simple enough for them to understand it, but fun enough for adults to dig it. Yeah, and the idea is that you will take a card from your hand, you'll put it down at the end of the parade, and depending on the number of the card and the color of the card, will determine how many cards in the parade you're going to have to take into your hand. You will never take the card you put down into your hand at the same time as you place it, but you could take other cards of the same color or other cards that are less than or equal to it, so you have Mm. to be careful, and there, there is a way where the game says, all right, there are certain cards you won't have to worry about depending upon your denomination. It's clever, you know. Yeah. You, 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 for example, if the parade is 10 people long, you put the 11th, which is your guy, and your number happens to be 11. You count 11 characters and then those don't get uh, those aren't applied to the ones you have to take. And then whatever's left over of those, is it the same color? Is it equal to or less than your number? And then you grab those. And if there's not, you don't have to grab anything. And the game's been around for a while, but they did do a redo as far as the artwork mm-hmm. from the uh, original version. And it plays six players, two to six players, which is great because sometimes you go, man, we don't just have four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really small. I mean, literally, you could take this and just put it in a deck box of like a 52-card deck of mm-hmm. cards if you want to. And um, it's it's actually quite fun and easy to do. And uh, it's cheap, too. It's like, you know, like 17 bucks I'm seeing on some places. Uh, and the next game that uh, we're going to be playing at the Gauntlet is not one that BJ's a fan of, no. specifically because this is not the way your brain works. You're not no. a big fan of spatial games, so chess is out. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing. 
and yeah. it's called photosynthesis. Yeah. Such a pretty, pretty game. It's yeah, it's a well done game, and it's a, it's an award winner. You, if you look up photosynthesis, it's won so many awards by uh, you know so many different game award givers. And it's only been around since I think 2017. Yeah. So it's been doing pretty well in the last uh, few years. Yeah. Last year, uh, what's this? 2019. Okay, in 2017 <laughs> and into 2018, it was kicking ass. Mm-hmm. It was a top game, no doubt about that. It is. I mean, it really, really is. Again, spatial games are just a little bit more challenging for me and there's you know and 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 that's why other but i really can't complain about the components they're beautiful looking trees the board is awesome the idea that you are trying to grow these trees and you have this sun that will move around the board which will cast different shade on your trees and that will affect whether or not you will get if you will a resource which is the sun resource and so that's the money of the game Mm -hmm. and if you want to plant seeds or grow your trees taller uh because in this game you have to grow your tree to the tallest if you can then you can actually harvest it cut it down whoops sorry uh, and you'll get victory points and the bigger the tree the more victory points you'll get or the closer it is towards the center you'll get more points that's the other thing too so the further in the forest you are mm-hmm. um, but when you go further in the forest there's a chance that your trees will get blocked by somebody else's trees of a higher or same height and so there's that idea of like where's the sun going to cast the shadows and where can I put my trees and that's where my brain goes help me i know i tried a couple different strategies i don't know which one works are there any forest fires no, no forest fires that Although i know that, that game i think is, is that one's actually really fun yeah i oh. think it's fire tower and there are two versions of the game that you can play the regular version and the advanced version the advanced version is really stabby because you know you normally, can mess with people yeah because normally in the, in the advanced version you can just grow your trees no matter what even if they're in the shade in the advanced version if your trees and seeds are in the shade you cannot grow them Oh, so it's even it makes it a much different game More than the regular throat. version yeah uh, it adds an extra round in the advanced version which I think you'd need because well you're like alright you're well, not I'm making not any points uh, but it, it really is a beautiful game Blue Orange has a great reputation for putting out really really pretty and beautiful games and it look I'll tell you if you don't mind spatial games Santorini's another game that's really a mm-hmm. great game but it's spatial and my brain goes I, I can't I, figure I, it out at least this one I can play. Yeah. I played this one. I'm able to function with it. Whether or not I could really be good to win a tournament, probably not. And I mean, luckily the sun has arrows to kind of help you figure out where everything is. And I think for me, when I'm going to be playing on Sunday, I'm going to be standing up a lot of the time so I can get a, a different yeah. look at the board and it's more accurate. And this was a Mensa Select winner, which mm-hmm. means, you know, when they pick games, they also pick games that really might help, I don't know, educate you, good, you know, problem mm-hmm. solving. Again, you talk, you talk about young kids, not a bad game to get them into. And because of the beautiful components, I think they would be attracted to it because mm-hmm. it looks really pretty. Each, uh, you know, each player's trees, it plays four players, each player's trees are a different color, different shape. And it, it, it's a beautiful game. You, I mean, you look at it and go, all right, I want to at least play this once because it looks amazing. I kind of want to get all the game, like buy two versions of the game, one where I take all the game pieces and use it as decoration in my house because it's just that pretty. And this game is under 40 bucks depending mm-hmm. if you go to the right place. Uh, and I, I do believe Rodney's got a great Watch It Played video and Rodney, you know, and Watch It Played, those videos are so good. If you want to learn how to play anything, if he's got a video on it, that's the one to click on there. Uh, but it's, it's, it is a good game. You know, it's fun. It's, it's a funny thing when you go, I don't like something because mm-hmm. it just hits a part of my brain that doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. 
and I still can recognize that this is a great game and deserves all the accolades it's getting. And that one's by Blue Orange Games, and then uh, Parade is by Z-Man Games. Yeah, and those are two good companies, and uh, th- those are the games we'll be playing. And hopefully, Vicky, you guys will do well at the Gauntlet with them. So when you guys are playing these games at the Gauntlet, do you each take a team member and then play against other team members? Yes, yes. The they, idea? they split yeah. us up. Uh, basically, they're like, okay, here are your teams. Go to this uh, this seat. And so you kind of get, you don't know who you're going to be playing against. And there's some teams that are just wicked good. Like Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Like those, uh, you, you, the guys that designed Magic, which just recently came out, if you saw all over Facebook, that said, is Magic the most complicated game? Yeah. Uh, these guys these guys are so good. The Wizards of the Coast guys that, that did Magic the Gathering, obviously. These guys that are part of that company, they can just look at instructions for a game, not even play it, and know how to win. Which they've done. Yeah, and it makes sense because when you think about everything that goes into designing a, a set, uh, like a, a, like for like War of the Spark, for instance, latest Magic set, in order to play, you know, to design it, have it interact well, all the playtesting they do, all the mechanics involved, most games like board games, they might have a few mechanics, maybe a couple, three. Whereas Magic, my God, in every set, what do you got? Sometimes, you know, I mean, geez, Joe, the mechanics that you'll see in a full blown set. So these guys are good. Nice. Uh, again, Sunday, May nineteenth, we're going to be at the Mox boarding house in Bellevue. Please come check it out because they're going to be raffles, face painting, you know, free yeah. balloon animals. If you're in Washington State, anywhere yes. near Seattle, and, and plus it's such a great game cafe. And it's going to be on Twitch too, so you can definitely stream it live. Uh, please, if you can, donate. Even if it's like five bucks, we would really appreciate it. We do get uh, little like power bonuses and stuff. That for would help. More The more we raise. Just Hopefully we it, get more seeds or, or, or a free seed or something. Right, something. Yeah. So it'd be very, like, and if you can't, give it a good share. It's still a really great cause and uh, we love doing this every year yeah uh, but moving on uh, we're not going to do a geek sheet today so I just wanted to give you a quick what? mention John Wick 3 yes comes out yeah today yep that's the only real movie you want to you really want to go see this weekend uh, and it's because it's just Neo in the real world well here's the thing though it is getting 91% as of now certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes which is the highest out of all the John Wick movies I've heard the choreography in this one is just insane for a third movie Mm -hmm. but then again I would say the same thing about Thor uh, Ragnarok though I I have a friend of mine who loves Vikings and that's part of his heritage and he doesn't like that Thor has become a a comical character so I don't know I still think I still think Thor Ragnarok is better but yeah John Wick Hard to believe. 87%, and then the second was 89%, and now we're at 91%. So So these guys are just, you know, slowly but surely bumping it up. Yep, so when we get John with 10, it's going to be the best movie ever. This is like the John Travolta Pulp Fiction thing for uh, Keanu Reeves. Because before John Wick, you were kind of like, will we ever see Keanu really be what he was back in the day? And this has reinvigorated mm-hmm. his career. Uh, movies are good. And uh, Joey D's, we going? We're oh, doing we're going to do it. Yay! We're going to see a lot of people get shot, I bet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? If you just left his dog alone, these movies wouldn't have happened. And speaking of a lot of people getting killed, <laughs> yes. we yeah. are going to be talking about the latest episode of Game of Thrones. What? But before we do, okay. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiere. S.H.I.E.L.D.? BJ. Yes, Agents of Shield did premiere. You're the only one that's watched this. Yes, yes. I. Here's why I was looking forward to it because I mean, after the first Avengers movie, way back in the day, they you know they talked about it, and I think the first I think it was the first year of Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, they they they'll probably do something. They really didn't. That was the disappointing part. Even though it's still, I think I love where Shield is these days because now they're in space and they're flying around, and it's not just like what it was 
was in the first season. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. Quake has got a new hairdo. Uh, Again. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's now kind of blonde. Uh, and <sighs> they definitely let us know at the end of last season that Phil Coulson, and if you've watched any Marvel movies, you love Phil. Phil Coulson, pretty much, it's intimated that he's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, the way May and everybody talk about and all that, it's, it's definitely intimated that Phil Coulson is dead. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we see Phil Coulson. But it's not Phil Coulson. Is it a scroll? It's, we don't know what it is. It's these invaders from another place that are just bang, coming through, looks like from another dimension. I don't know. Which, I mean, spoiler, if you've seen the Spider-Man trailer, which does spoil Avengers, uh, we heard that there is uh, other dimensions going on, especially with the whole Mysterio thing. You know what? Maybe this is the tie-in that I didn't even realize. You might mm-hmm. be right, Vicky, because they do say that actually Avengers Endgame doesn't really end with Endgame. It actually is somewhat continued yeah. with uh, you know Far From Home. It just ends it with the, the original six. So, yeah, we've got a bunch of bad guys, including bad guys that drive a truck through this portal, and they seem to have better tech than we do, and they are led by a guy who looks just just like Phil Coulson, but has no idea. Is it all Mad Max style? Yeah, yeah he looks badass. Phil Ooh. looks badass. Because I saw Clark Gregg's name in the credits, and I thought, What? Okay, so. Is it just reference? Yeah, but then, you know, they, and they never, I never saw him except in a flashback scene or something. And uh, yeah, it turns out that there's a badass guy leading a group of people who look like they're bad guys, and he's the main guy. Uh, so he's the agents of Not Shield. Um, and the other storyline, of course, is uh, Fitz, who mm-hmm. looked like he was dead, but then they were like, well, we're going to go back and find his frozen body that was waiting to meet them up in the future from last season. But then they went and they couldn't find his frozen body, and now we see Fitz on some alien planet who can speak an alien language, and he looks like this tinkerer from sort of some, some steampunk nightmare. Um, <laughs> so that's what we know about the character so far. Uh, Gemma's badass these days. Ooh. She's, I mean, because Fitz is gone, she's kind of gone a little mad scientist. I'll torture you to get the information I need. Really dark hair. I won't. I won't lie to you. She's kind of sexy. I'm not, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're making me want to catch up real bad. Yeah, and I think they. I mean, I would stay. I would say. Ever since they really went off planet, mm-hmm. Shield's gotten good. Ever since they've really gotten a little bit more powery and really let Quake kick some ass, Shield's gotten good. Um, weren't they trying to lead in with like the Inhumans and stuff like that? And they, then we got yeah. that awful TV show that never really even aired because it was so bad. But the Inhuman storyline for Shield has been good. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I would say yeah, right about the Inhuman storyline when all that all started. You know, uh, when uh, Agent McLaughlin, as I like to call him, when Twin uh-huh. Peaks, when Twin Peaks Dad came on the show, uh, you know. I, I think that it started getting good. And I feel like, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with this season. I mean, this, okay. a, a lot of shows are off the air anyway. So, so and, might as well. Yeah. So, yeah, give it a try. It's uh, Friday night. So it'll be on a new episode tonight, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. And speaking of shows being off now, we have one more episode until the finale of Game of Thrones. Yes. as And we will also at some point talk about Big Bang Theory, which aired mm-hmm. last night, the, 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 the series finale. Mm-hmm. We will talk about that show next week sometime. Uh Episode seven. Episode seven. I hear people love it. I hear people hate it. But there's yeah. one thing that is for sure. People are losing their freaking minds. Yes, they are. Daenerys did her Dakaris. Dakaris. Yes, she did. Yeah. And went apes. 
thoughts? <laughs> it, it was very, very epic. And I love the choice of, of us following a character that we cared about around while uh, this was going down. Arya trying to get the hell out of the joint. I love that. I it, it, Because I think that that's an interesting way to tell a story. Rather than just showing randos getting killed, mm-hmm. which we saw enough of, but seeing somebody you love and care about having to navigate this firestorm of just hell that was awesome I I, I I know people are pissed off about how it happened why it happened and all the, the the whole season being the way it was but that that was an awesome that was just an awesome bit of television what did uh, what did you think Joe because I know you've been kind of like eh, about this season oh man um, you're like I got words <sighs> Yeah, I could say a lot about this episode. Uh, I'll say the things I like first. First okay. off, obviously, the cinematography, choreography, incredible. Uh, I think uh, I watched, obviously, the interview with the, uh, the writers afterwards, and they talked about the idea of taking a main character through the battle of... Westeros because it, may, it becomes more epic, right? Like if you're not following Arya, is, is it Westeros or the Red Keep? Red Keep, sorry, okay. Red Keep. Uh, you know the idea that you need to follow a main character for it to be real. I do actually think that was a smart move on their part. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should have been Arya. I think it should have been Jon. I don't know why this season has just not been at all about Jon Snow. It's really aggravating to me because you're led to believe that he is essentially the Messiah as he comes back to life the season before. So I mean, but the God of Light has been wrong a couple of times. Whoops. Yeah. Oops. Sorry about that. Which Wait, I don't mind. But are you sure it wasn't the Baratheon guy? Nope. Nope. It was not. And again, I don't have a problem with that. I find it funny that a lot of women were unhappy with this episode because Daenerys essentially goes evil. And that pisses <laughs> me off. Like, as a lady myself, and last time I checked, uh, people are like, no, why did they do this? They made her so awesome and badass, and they just changed it out of nowhere. For one, not out of nowhere. I mean, this season, was it sped up? Did it feel a little quick? Yes, but this did not come out of nowhere. Has she not said in previous episodes, like, once my dragon are grown, I will take back what was stolen from me and destroy those who have wronged me. We will lay waste to armies and burn cities to the ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, Vicky, th- it, this season does suffer from the fact that everything is rushed. And so people are just, they, they don't realize that this was always how it was supposed mm-hmm. to be. And had it been stretched out, we would have seen her going a little crazier. So you almost, you have to mm-hmm. assume from a lot of things, like, like you're saying, you have to remember, dude, she's had a lot happen to her. She's not right in the head. And she, and her her family has a proclivity for mental illness. We And people just seem to forget that. And, I, you know, you just can't want a character to be a hero when really it's a good chance everything she's been through and, and her medical history that she's going to lose her ass. Well, that and like she has lost all her advisors. Jorah's not there to kind of keep her back like, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. The people that she trusted and can count on to give her counsel are not there anymore. And so. as yeah, and as a guy who has been delusional, like in mm-hmm. real life, I'm telling you, you know, I've been through enough therapy. To, I you think you've got enemies in places where they don't exist, and, and and so I can. I mean, as a guy who's been sitting in that on that couch talking to my therapist for all these years, I know how she could think the way she would think that she's completely isolated, alone, and they just rushed it. I mean, so but I can appreciate what they're trying to do in a short amount of time. And I, I mean, whether you liked it or not. Everyone has to give Amelia Clark credit because I've never seen her like facial expressions. Just she was able to switch it, like turn it on from this elegant and graceful, you know, Khaleesi to this just bat s crazy, you know, lord or whatever overlord, basically. Like she did a phenomenal job, in my opinion. But the poor Joey Deezes of the world, the folks that do not like it. 
I just don't understand why we couldn't have had the Cersei fight first and then had the Night King fight second. I get that the political and the people aspect of the show is awesome, and you think that's what it's all about. This is about. so fun because Rev and Joe fight about but, this all but the time. you're yeah. wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It's not good storytelling to just do something opposite of what you've shown people. That isn't good writing. That's not a twist. A twist is something that makes sense based on the world. And I can't get enough of this whole... Well, Euron can surprise a dragon from uh, miles away and kill it, but he's yeah. got 50,000 ballista and they all just miss now. It's just it, it, Yeah, they're all stormtroopers. Right. Why? If you want to write the story that way, fine, but have the dragon die at the beginning of the season fighting the 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 uh, Cersei, which makes sense, and then have the Night King, you know, be the last battle because at the end of the day, what battle is more epic? The battle against the undead superpower or against the broken queen that can't beat a single dragon? Now, I'm but I'm wondering if that's I'm not saying you're wrong or right because I'm like I feel like I would have taken it either way whichever came first I think it would have been the same for me however if they were planning like an epic battle because we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday if they're planning an epic battle against Danny, are her Unsullied are her Dothraki going to turn against her they're still going to fight for her. You saw it in Grey Worm's face. Like he's like, "Nope. This uh, this S is going down." And so see, we don't know if that's why and they that's did it where that way. She, and that's where she's failed. Yeah. You know, I, I felt so bad for Grey Worm because man, that dude was honorable. And mm-hmm. to see that he basically followed her lead and became dishonorable, that's where she has failed as a leader because He's a great dude, but you mm-hmm. know what? He's going to follow his queen. He's—I mean—he's been—he's followed her the whole way. He believes in her. He believes this is honor what he's doing. Yeah, and that's—and look, I understand why he's hurt, but you know, he could be controlled enough. He stayed there until he saw what she did. I, and I here's the thing, and I'm angry at George R. R. Martin, and I know that he said get over it, but I have to believe that this is you know what uh, Benioff and Weiss had to you know, and I hope or Benioff and wife, I hope I'm saying uh, Weiss the said, dudes, yeah, the two dudes. This is what they had to work with. They had bullet points, which I'm thinking this is what R. R. Martin at least was going to have at the end that it was going to be Night King first, then it was going to be this whole Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and to Joey's point. They really made you believe that the Game of Thrones was actually not that important that eventually they'd all realize the Night King is the real danger and they've been slow building that the entire time. I really was surprised when the Night King was destroyed so early. I thought that would be also the final episode because I felt like that was the moral of the story. We're all piddly piddly about this stuff and then eventually people <laughs> would realize that in fact the Night King was the real issue but I guess no, they don't want it to... And I blame... I think I blame Martin because they got his bullet points. I can't I believe they reversed it on him unless, unless I'm wrong and Martin says, no, I would have done it the other way around. I'll tell you this. I 100% believe there's a chance that that's possible and it's, this is pure speculation, but I think that the writers thought that fan service was going to be more important because with only six episodes, there was no way they were going to portray a good storyline for yeah. every character. So why yeah. would you have a season that ends with everyone dying with no send-off? It just doesn't make sense. Oh, I totally just, I'm predicting the ending right now. Okay, what's it going to be? Uh, it's going to be so, Thanos? Somebody gets on the throne, doesn't matter who and then the what is it the children of the forest the children of men or whatever they're called come back they're like oh crap this isn't good and then it all starts all over again let's rebuild these guys because the whole idea was to wipe out humanity humanity as we've seen not so great yeah, <sighs> no, that's my kidding. Of course, they're, of course, they're doing a good job. I mean, Daenerys is doing a good job anyway. Like, oh right. yeah, we didn't need the Night King. We just have her. The one thing I was, I think the one I was most disappointed at, the way Cersei died. 
Oh, you didn't like? I thought that was fantastic. I mean, there's a couple reasons why I didn't like it. One of them, I think we've been kind of focusing on, and by we, probably just the fan theories on, you know, group chats and stuff. The whole idea was that Maggie the Frog told her what was going to happen to her. She was going to become the queen. She was going to have three kids, but the king was going to have ten, and her younger brother was going to kill her. So, I mean, you could probably say, yes, her younger brother killed her. Like, it was Tyrion who said, go take her through the tunnels, and it was Jaime who took her through the tunnels. So, in a way, yes, but it was like he was supposed to get killed with her brother's hands around her pale throat. But, you know, and he did have his hands like around, around her, her face. So in yeah. theory, yes. Yeah. But what it and people are like, well, Jamie had all this character build up and just to be thrown away in this last. It's like I, I totally get Jamie. And I think it was a great death for him because he got to die in the arms of the woman he loves. Yeah. Cersei, on the other hand, I'm like, you don't deserve that. I was hoping she'd have something a little bit more epic. But that was just, that's the one thing I wanted. And this is just off the top of my head, but wouldn't the storyline have been great if Jamie goes to the North to help fight the undead, but he really he's being a spy for Cersei, mm-hmm. goes back to Cersei, says, hey, Cersei, they're not protected from behind Winterfell. You should, you should take your armies and go up now. They go up in the middle of the undead fight, and then Jamie ends up killing Cersei and betraying him and actually taking the armies and fighting the North with with the North to fight the undead. Oh, I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I like that. But that goes with the storyline of the predictions, right? Like Cersei's supposed to die at the hands of her brother and we know that Jamie's an honorable man who said that he's going to fight with the Lannister army to fight the undead and you're led to believe they cannot win the war without more troops. Yeah, see, I think the problem is is that switch they did with Jamie's character, which if, if that had happened, I'd be very disappointed because the way they had Jamie going and also with Brienne of Tarth's influence in his life, I mean, her influence in his his life literally changed him and that's why he left her because he he knew he didn't love her he, he knew that he loved her for almost like what she did for him but he knew that he really did love Cersei and and what I think she did for him is that he realized and this is what I got from the moment when he died but I know what you're saying Joe but I think his character arc was supposed to be that he figured it out but there's still no redemption for him but he realized in that moment when he said to her, this is what matters. He, it's like he should have done that a long time ago and would have prevented all of this. If he could have just taken Cersei and said, look, none of this matters. It's you and me. Yes, the world thinks it's bad what we're doing, but this is why you're unhappy. This is why you're miserable, because we can't really truly love the way we want to love. And I believe that he finally convinced her in those last moments, like, will you please let's not die except where we should be. With each other, caring for each other, looking each other's eyes, she finally got it. And I think he realized from Brienne that, oh, I should have done this a long time ago. We wouldn't be in this mess if I'd have just told Cersei, cut it out. Let's just think of each other. And this is why I hated the ending of it, because that's not Jamie Lannister's character, in my opinion. Every character. You don't believe that long evolution from his time with Brienne? Now, see, I think they had enough time to make me believe that. She... I, I mean, he loves, he had sex with her next to their child's dead body. Like, it's. But I mean, there's we've a had thing. All they have these, a weird thing together. We've had all these years, mm-hmm. though. I believe Jamie's transformation because we've had time. So if I it believe- was just if we didn't have all that time, Joe, to see him with Brienne of Tarth with all these seasons, I would be. I would agree with you. I go, this you, is crazy. You could easily say that that's his transformation. I don't think it's believable in comparison to the other transformation that would make way more sense. And that's that he realizes that Cersei is a poison and a monster in his life, and that he has actually done so many bad, unhonorable things trying to be an honorable man right. because he is the most honorable Lannister. 
character. He's honest. Everyone believes his word. Brienne even brings it up. He's like, you're not a liar. You're an honorable man. And then at the end of the show, he goes and does the least honorable thing you could do. So that's why I think it's pretty stupid that that's how they wanted his character to end up being the whole, I'm actually a greedy person. I do whatever I want kind of a thing. When in reality, his character would serve a better purpose if he's going to go back to the North and have sex with Brienne and to evolve as a character to realize, wow, the world is actually a better place if I serve the popular, you know, the, you know, the greater good, if you will, the various greater good. Valid points. And this is where father and son will never agree and therefore must meet on the battlefield. So the one, the best thing that happened out of this episode was all the freaking memes. And one of them is a tweet, and I need to read this. It's best ways to kill Cersei on Game of Thrones. Number one, Jaime kills Cersei. Number two, the Night King kills Cersei. Number three, Arya kills Cersei. Number 15, Bran wargs into Cersei and commits suicide. 146, she gets pneumonia and dies. 1,672 gets trampled by rocks. Yeah. So that's the, the joke, that anything else would have been better. Um, and then I have a joke for you. Yeah, I really, I, you know, I... I I actually am really happy with what's going on with those two. Um, I really am, because I feel like we've had plenty of time to flush those two out, whereas the rest of what's going on, I I agree 100% with the people. It's too damn rushed. I don't mind where they're going. It's just, I'm sorry, but you got there too quick for me. And that that's the only unsettling thing is like, yeah, I needed more time to believe that that da- Daenerys would be this crazy. But I yeah. get it. You want me. That's all right. I, I can I can connect the dots. Still, we should have had more time. Uh, there was a uh, post that was saying something along the lines of and I've totally lost it. Anyways, yeah, you did. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Well, I, I, I left. Uh, but I do have a joke for you. All right. What's it called when you make her a woman a knight, take her virginity and then disappear? A one night stand. I really see. I really believe he was doing her good. I do. I think it was a favor. Yeah, I really do. Um, I really, I really do. But you know, Joey, Joey, look, Joey's. If if it turned out the way you wanted it, Joe, I wouldn't be upset because that's also a believable path for Jamie in my mind. So I think, Mm -hmm. in my mind, I think both both things, the thing that happened and what Joey said, I wouldn't have argued with either one of those because we've had plenty of time to watch Jamie, whereas. They haven't given me enough time to make me believe Daenerys would go this crazy. Yeah, you lost a dragon. I get it. But man, you you brutalize a lot of innocent people. And that just, I just don't see you going that far in this short amount of time we've had with you. I need to see you be more crazy. It is just weird that they give some characters redemption moments. And then they build you up to think that every character is going to get their redemption moment. And then they're like, just kidding. Ha ha. There was one moment that I didn't realize until Rev sent me this Reddit chain. Uh, did you? So you know she wasn't eating at the beginning, and there's all those jokes like you should have had a Snickers. This wouldn't have happened if she had a Snickers. Oh, that's funny. Ah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but, I like that one. But there's a reason when Varys was talking to his one of his little birds, and she's like, she's still not eating. I didn't realize when he said we'll try again tomorrow that he was trying to poison her. Yes, I missed that too at the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, the little girl was the one who's supposed to try to poison her, but she wasn't eating. Oh, that's why she should have courage. You know what? I totally forgot that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Whoa. There's also mention of Varys getting burned by fire too if uh, if he ever, uh, what do you call it, betrays her. So it kind of makes sense with the storyline. Mm-hmm. But you're right. That's another thing that for whatever reason they thought, we won't make this obvious, even though there's only one episode left. Like, wh- how are you supposed to piece that together unless you're paying like incredibly close attention? Yeah, I, I totally missed it. Uh, I, yeah. you know, why? Because I thought something would come of it. Yeah, you know. And even though we get killed, um, you know, uh, if, you, if you brought her up, I go. If you said, "What about that little girl?" I go, "Oh, something's going to happen." Unless maybe she's still going to try to do her job. We hadn't thought about that. That too. Yeah, I mean, she's still alive. 
So maybe she'll still try to, do, especially if she knows if, you know, Valeris is dead, then she's probably going to go, all right, well, I got to be courageous. I got to do it for him. The only last thing I want to bring up is, do you guys feel like it's almost a disservice, the fact that they killed, they blew up King's Landing? Because now it's, like, now that the whole idea is that we're going to talk about who's on the Iron Throne, there's no Iron Throne. As far as I can tell. Now, granted, now it's made of metal. It might have survived. But, yeah. but <laughs> the, city's, the city's gone. Like, they made yeah. a whole fuss about the idea that you can't put out dragon fire that easily, and they lit all of the dragon fire ups. And I think they were, I think I was reading a thing, and I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if this was a Cersei thing, but there was a, a post saying that, you know, you saw the green explosions, right? Yes. Yeah. I think it's called Wildfire? What, what are they I, called? Think, I think dragon it's Dragonfire, yeah. yeah. The green one? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, it's, it's the one they use in that battle when Tyrion yeah, was actually exactly. fighting. I thought it was yeah. Dragonfire. Dragon yeah. sure, yeah. um, so they, some post was saying that her father, when he was ruling, left him in different buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when that all happened, made it easier to burn everything. But I mean, it could have been Cersei when she did her whole... Thing. Well, like exactly right, but the, so the whole idea is like, and for, for those of you who don't know, there's you're supposed to believe also that the reason why fires are so hard to put out is because the city's so big and there's not a lot of water. Like that, you know, it's water is essentially a resource back in those days. So the idea is that I mean, there is the water right there, but to go in and try to get buckets well, doesn't work is, very well. Would you yeah. blow <laughs> dragon then. fire down an entire alleyway? That yeah. alleyway is unusable. You're it's kind gone. of done. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, it's crispy time, and everyone's panicking. You know, the people don't want to be there in the first place. So like the end of this next episode you're going to come into the the Iron Throne then Daenerys is going to be sitting there and it's just going to be like, I'm going to be like I don't care who's on the Iron Throne there is no more Iron Throne the North is literally now the only place I'd want to be because everywhere else is burned and dead or has good no call leave. you're right yeah. that does make like what, what does that leave Winterfell yeah so I, I don't know for me I was just like Cool. At least the cinematography was awesome. At least like the shots and all and that. And the message were I think what they wanted to say was is that you know and and you know I know I think for women to be upset it's like look these were two huge characters and just because you're a woman doesn't mean you can't go crazy and can't be a bad person once in a while. You can't expect every woman to be a hero. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. you know this is believable on both sides. Cersei right. was what she was, and Daenerys basically became Cersei. And you can't say there's not other female characters that are big in this series that are you know good guys. Oh, Brienne like, and Arya kick ass. And even Sansa, like she like she was one of those characters that everyone yeah, hated Sa- yeah, at the Sansa. beginning. She was so annoying. She was whiny. Yeah. And to see all the horrible things she's gone through to become this poised, elegant. Yeah, Sophie's. Smart, she, she, tactical she, she woman. She reminds me of, Ka- of Caitlin. Yeah, she's she, just, I mean, she's, she's got a mother. very Caitlin Stark vibe to her, which I, I give Sophie Turner a lot of credit because mm-hmm. it's like, like you said, she mm-hmm. just seems so juvenile. Granted, I mean, she was younger when she started. Uh, but yeah, her transformation doesn't seem as powerful as Arya's because we've seen where Arya's gone right. and Arya's much more overt. But yeah, that Sophie, that Sophie transformation is pretty amazing. So I, you still have other characters that are good guys. That we can look up we'll to. We'll find out Sunday, won't we? Yep. Oh, God. We will find out. Help I us rem- all. I remember the thing. Lena Headey's getting paid a million dollars per episode to just stand by a window. She was getting a million I for believe this it, season? I believe it was. She did nothing this season. Well, she wasn't on a lot of episodes. She was pretty awesome. No plan. She has such great plans throughout the entire show, and her plan this episode was to watch it all burn. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like Lena Headey, badass. Yes, yeah. definitely. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play. 
but where to go. Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. 